we have a, a special, uh, we have a special drink intro for our book club today. Um, the book club, the drinking aspect's been a bit of a, a new addition. Um, we are drinking today. Dalen, yes. what are we drinking? We are drinking, um, so... I have kind of found a wine brand that I like, and I swear this isn't a sponsorship. Uh, but if they are listening and want to give us a sponsorship, hey. Josh. Hey. Josh Sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Their red wine is kind of my favorite, and they have a white wine. This is a Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, Josh, uh, as a brand, is a very good, very solid, crowd-pleasing brand in my experience. It very much, it it feels like one of those wines that, in a blind taste test, could probably fool the, you know, this is like a $100 bottle wine. Yeah. Uh, Psych, 15 bucks, girl. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Baby's on budget. Oh, my God. Uh, Super affordable wine, super tasty. I I put it on par with Apothic. Um, Mm. I'm a big fan of Apothic wine, although I only know the reds. I'm I'm not much of a white drinker. I think you're a bit more of our white drinker. I am the resident white wine drinker. I live my Mm -hmm. real housewives of (laughs) blank fantasy, but slowly getting into reds a little Mm -hmm. bit more just because, like, I'm finding more occasion to drink reds. Yeah, and I'm more our resident red drinker who's getting more into white. So oh. we got a real nice yin and yang. I just here. upended the bottle over Eric's glass. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Josh is a great brand. If you're a wine drinker and haven't checked them out, please do. They yeah. are very affordable and and feel very solid and high end. I actually don't know if I've seen this in many restaurants, so it, mm. it feels like a, a nice little kept secret. Yeah. Um, so but... don't tell anyone about Josh Sellers. <laughs> don't tell anyone. To keep that price flat. <laughs> keep it $15, Josh. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, typically we have a drink for you guys. That is the drink today. Um, sometimes we have a cocktail and kind of go over the ingredients, yeah. the history, stuff like that. We hope you've been enjoying that, but uh, we're going to broaden our horizons a little bit today. Mm. We're, we're going to talk about your home bar setup. Ooh. <laughs> Eric knows a lot more about this. Well, I mean, I I'm a cer- I'm a cer- I'm a certified bartender, but I think Eric just has a more I'm literally like I'll buy a bottle of gin and then just be like, eh, <laughs> this is this is it baby, caps off, <laughs> bottoms up. <laughs> That's my Saturday night. <laughs> uh, um, I, I do I do have a, a bit of a passion and a hobby for this. Actually, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can call her this on the podcast. My pre-fiancé. <gasps> I haven't popped the question yet, but uh, very much am looking to that this year. Yes. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. <laughs> you can't spring this on me. <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, we so we moved in together last year uh, in March, so we're coming up on a year. And uh, she and I very much had the idea that we like hosting, we like parties. So we needed a bit of a home bar setup. They're and, great hosts, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and our setup is very much in... Yeah, pour some more. Are you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'll take some more. We know. <laughs> I'll take some more Josh wine. Um, we knew we wanted Don't to entertain... Miss- oh, yeah, when? <laughs> I'm trying to juggle. Uh, we knew we wanted a home bar setup, uh, personally, because I'm very passionate about mixology. I really enjoy looking up cocktails, the histories, you know, I like all of that. And she very much uh, loves the aesthetic. Yeah. Specifically, uh, she likes tiki. And uh, this is 
a very nuanced thing that we could even go into in another episode about yeah. tiki culture because I would love can we do an episode we bring Amy on and we just talk about oh, I like aesthetics because I think Amy has a very um 40s 50s Las Vegas aesthetic yes. in the sense of there's something vi- and I feel like that's such a fun aesthetic to mm-hmm. play with because it's like you can kind of play up the glamour of yes. A tiki beverage or, mm-hmm. like, a simple, like, martini and cocktail. Yeah. I feel like it's such a good meshing for you two. Yeah, and you know what? She really loves the glam of it. She loves the aesthetic. Yes. And I think, most importantly, there's an acknowledgement for the both of us that tiki culture very much is different now than it was, you know, when it first started in, yeah. like, you know, in the, in the 30s, 40s, when it really was Polynesian-specific. And right. then tiki as we know it now was actually white people as we do yeah uh, and i'm not condoning this i'm very much condemning it <laughs> uh taking bits of those culture and blowing them up in a way that you know serves a, a certain aesthetic yeah so the aesthetic is fine as long as you acknowledge the roots i yeah. think uh but that's what we're that's what we're going for in our home setup we nice. really like a jungle tiki setup it's because so fun yeah because it's just something totally different from a dive bar it's yeah. different from a home setup but what we're going to be talking about now is that you don't have to go in as hard as uh, I want to. And if you like, you can go as easy as Dalen does by just buying a bottle and having a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to find a happy medium between the two, that's what this discussion is about. Yes. So, um, yeah, bartender to bartender, Dalen, let's go over your setup. Like, what do you have on hand? If, if you had a group of people coming over... What do you have at the ready? So I have uh, the standard bartender kit, um, mm-hmm. which if you go onto Amazon and you order a bartender kit, you're usually going to get a decent setup of bottle opener, uh, uh, beer bottle opener, not a wine bottle opener, mm-hmm. to clarify, a eight ounce mixing cup and the shaker. So depending on how fancy you want to get, you can get the lidded uh, shaker where you can kind of put the lid on, shake it, or you can do the more standard bartender, two cups, shake. Um, One and a half ounce pourers that kind of assure you get the measured amount every time. Um, Oh, man. Um, Oh, a jigger, which measures out one ounce on one side, two ounces on the other. Um, a A cocktail spoon, which is really good if you're making like a... Uh, old-fashioned, anything where you... The, uh, the spoon, it can be used for mixing purposes, but also for more aesthetic. Like, if you're making any uh, drinks where you have to pour something over with an old... Uh, like a... What am I thinking of? Like a float, like a... Yeah, a oh, te- like a tequila sunset. Some, uh, yeah. yeah, where like you can gently pour it for the experience mm-hmm. of it. Um, but yeah, I keep it really simple. I don't have anything too complex. I should get like a uh, knife that allows me to make zests a little mm, bit. Oh, a channeling knife. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, you don't need uh, some of those actually, I think, especially because I'm going to kind of go f- from like a bit of a beginner, intermediate and advanced setup yeah. more or less. And I'm kind of going through the categories of tools, ingredients. Yes. And... 
shit, why did I count? Why did I count these on the fingers? The brain is so bad at, at doing lists mentally. Eric only has two fingers, so he can only go so far. <laughs> I lost him in a bartending Oh my it. god. <laughs> they call me two-fingered Eric for a reason. And it's not sexy. <laughs> oh my god. And it's both thumbs. <laughs> um, tools. Ingredients. Actually, I think that's it, because I think I collapsed booze into the ingredients portion. Because yes. I was going to talk about boozes kind of separately, but I don't think I need to, because boozes is so much more uh, situational. Yeah. Like, you're going to have booze on hand that you like, or you're going to have booze on hand for the party you're going to throw. Yes. Uh, for, oh, oh, yeah. real quick. I went to someone's house where they were had a full bar... But they were not prepared for guests. Ah, oh, shit. So they like, had like, like a like a full bar structure. No, they had like a real a liquor cabinet uh-huh. with like the liquor tool, the bartending mm. tools. But they had like gin, no tonic water. Mm. Um, no, like they had the ingredients for an old fashioned, but no oranges, nothing. Gotcha. And I'm like, how? No, 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 no. If you have guests, you have to make sure you have the basics. They didn't even have soda. Yeah, like oh, Coke or Diet like Coke. Mixers. I'm like, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> So I like because my, my friends know I like to bartend. Like if I'm if we're all making having a party, I like to like make some drinks. Nothing. I'm like that's a breaking a couple commandments there. Yeah. Um. And this will be split up on stuff you should have on or you know could have on hand entirely, and stuff that you should always buy week of to have fresh, especially yeah. when you're anticipating you know guests and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I think of the third one, I'll drop it, but I do think it kind of divides up into tools and ingredients. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in the, the subdivision of ingredients is booze, mixers, liqueurs, Exactly, and, and then, like, specialty, you know, bitters, yeah. whatever. Um, so, yeah, for as far as tools, you know, yeah, we're going to go through it, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Yeah. Beginning, you know, if you're just having a bit of a, you know, your first build out, you're getting your first set of tools... What I always tell people bartending is the same I would advise you in construction. And not even, like, heavy construction, but, like, home makeover style. Buy cheap, and then whatever breaks means you're using that the most. So buy something better. Yeah. Uh, For that, I definitely recommend a jigger. And this one, especially for a beginner... These are typically two-sided. Like Dalen said, one will, you know, they're double-sided and measure out two different measurements. Typically, you'll have a three-quarter and a one-and-a-half end. Hmm. Personally, I actually totally suggest don't get a traditional jigger. They have ones that measure out per half ounce. Oh. Yeah, I've got one at home. I love it. It's a perfect cheat. Uh, Hmm. It goes up to three ounces, but every half ounce, there's a little ring engraved. So Mm. you can see inside how much you're pouring. I love a good engraved ring. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. But... By the way, here's your proposal, David. Aww. Uh, but a ringed uh, a jigger. It, it, they typically go up to three ounces. They also have a back-end side that uh, uh, denotes the milliliters. Mm. So if you're doing a recipe that calls for ounces, you're covered. If it calls for milliliters, you're still covered. And you know you can get an exact pour every time. Yeah. That being said, one and a half ounce pours are brilliant. Saves you a lot of time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, you know, when you go to bartending school, you're kind of taught to do the one, two, three, four. Like, my bartending school really drove in how to pour one ounce perfectly. Mm-hmm. And these and then, were off of uh, speed pours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, if you're working behind a bar, you just don't have time. Mm-hmm. And But one and a half 
ounce pourers really help you go, okay, we know how much they're getting and we don't have to worry about over pouring, mm -hmm. which happens a lot. Yeah, and just to define it, so you've got your bottle, you know, and you open it up and there's a big old open hole there that you just dump liquor out. And when we were in college, it was totally fine to go half booze, half mixer. Oh, yeah. But perhaps at your book club, you don't want people that slosh. You want yeah. them toasty. You want to, you know, invite invigorating discussion. Yeah. But you don't want people blacking out and forgetting no. about that discussion. <laughs> so, Especially as you get a little older, I think, like... I feel like the sloshy drunk is fun every now and then, but mm -hmm. I think getting to a toastier state is a more pleasant discussion yeah. for a book. Uh, we find we've gotten mostly toasty here. But especially on the, the back end of our episodes when we're covering 10 chapters at a recording. Yeah. Which is why we're doing this bigger discussion at the front, because we're only covering five chapters today. Yeah, we're only doing five chapters. <laughs> it's, it's, and we've got, you know, the better part of three quarters of a bottle of wine starting this, so we're, we're trying to stay out of trouble, too, yeah. a little bit. Uh, but a speed pour, a traditional one, is something that you attach to that open part of the bottle that basically creates a small funnel. And it pours out the same regular way every speed pour does, so you can count. However, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to of pouring, finding out your count, kind of yeah. figuring out what is an ounce, what is an ounce and a half. And every bartender, you know, typically has a different count. Um, I oh. mean, for, for you, like pouring an ounce and a half, how, how, how fast and how much do you count up to? Um, six. So you go one, one two, two, three, three four, four, five, six. six. Yeah. So funny. So I have an eight count for my ounce and a half. Really? I count really fast. So I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Interesting. Ounce and a half. Cause, um, when I was making martinis learning that it's a 16, I think 16, I think it's a 16 count mm -hmm. cause it's a lot of gin. So it would be like one, two, three, four, five. And then when we did our speed test, I found myself kind of going one, two, three, four, five, six, mm -hmm. seven, because it's kind of like you essentially like to kind of cheat it. You want the ice to float. Right. And so the kind of goal is let the ice, once the ice starts to float, you're kind of in the good, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, for our beginner setup, we don't want you worrying about counting. Yeah. We don't want you worrying about any of that. So these ounce and a half pours are brilliant. Yeah. The design is the same as a speed pour. It's a cap that goes over the open end of a bottle. But instead of it being a free-flowing channel, there is a bead that when you turn the bottle over, the bead slowly starts going towards the open part of the pour. Mm. And once it gets there, it blocks the flow. And it basically counts out for you a perfect ounce and a half pour yeah. every time, which is your standard spirit. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend, you know, if you're trying to regulate uh, and, you know, if you're trying to be a little bit flashier than a measured jig, a measured speed pour is perfect. Um, sorry. What if we... I just got... An, uh, this yeah. is more of business end. Oh, yeah. No what problem. if we started every sort of thing, we pick a cocktail and we tell the history of it? Ooh, I like that. I because I, like I love the history of gin and tonics. Okay, right on. But yeah, no. Um, a, if you are a beginner bartender, baby bartender, you're or you're starting to want to host a lot more, get some pourers. I really recommend that. It'll save you. Yes. It'll save you booze. Yes, it will. Especially if like you buy like if you're like oh let me get some Hendrix or some uh some nicer. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go all willy nilly unless you're at that part of the night. Then mm, well can't blame you. Yeah, maybe you're a more affluent audience member and can afford it. Yeah. By all means, go ham. But it'll save you so much money. Yeah, and if you're, if you're a baby beginner on a budget. <laughs> yeah. If you're buying that uh, 
Burnett's vodka. <laughs> Go ahead, waste it. No one else is drinking it. Uh, and then finally, for beginner tools, uh, Dalen mentioned it, uh, a bottle opener. These are great to have, and you know what? You can either have them as a separated, like, you know, freestanding tool, or sometimes for a home bar, you like an attached bottle opener. Yeah. If you're into the idea of having something stationary, uh, something screwed into a wall or something, sometimes I've seen them, you know, hanging over a trash can, so you pop the bottle and the oh, cap just falls right nice. in the trash yeah. can. Bottle opener is a great tool to have, because you never know if you're going to be serving beer or if someone else is. Yeah. And... Furthermore, this is actually not mandatory because the other and last final beginner tool I'd say you would need is a corkscrew, which yes. in a pinch can work as a bottle opener. A lot of these corkscrews, actually, the handle is fashioned as a bottle opener. Yes. You need that, you know, obviously for opening wines. Uh, even if you're not a wine drinker, it's good to have on hand because people yeah, love you, bringing wine. As yeah, gifts. wine is such a standard. Housewarming, mm-hmm. birthday, well, and any. book clubs. Yes. Book clubs, I feel like, is way more wine-centric than necessarily like cocktails and beer, Yeah, I, I think. I don't think anybody's making mojito. Well, <laughs> we're going to make mojito. Well, we are going to make mojito. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, so that covers your basic tools. You know, a jig or a measured speed pour is going to save you a lot of headache. If you had to choose between the two, I would say a jigger, just because if you're going to be making anything, you're going to want to measure out two different ways than just an ounce and a half yeah. or whatever. Also, it's it's a, it's a more uh, versatile tool yeah. because you can pour different types of liquids that a speed pour might not fit onto. So if you have a, you know, say like a bottle of lime juice, yeah, uh, you know, a speed uh, or a measured pour is not going to fit over that. Yeah. You're going to want a jig to measure it out. And it also kind of helps you get into the groove of if you're pouring enough drinks into your jigger, you could probably start getting an eye for mm-hmm. how much an ounce is, how much a ounce and a half, how much two ounces is. So you can kind of start learning on your own. Exactly. You know, so... And then uh, beginner ingredients. Yes. So this is actually way more flexible than the intermediate advanced sections I'm going to get into. Because as a beginner, I recommend figuring out what you're going to make for your guests. Yeah. uh, And then shopping accordingly. So, you know, typically, like, I like doing a speed rail setup. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got your, uh, from right to left, you've got your vodka, rum, whiskey, Gin. Oh, you know, mine is uh, vodka, scotch, gin, mm-hmm. whiskey, mm-hmm. Uh, rum, mm-hmm. bourbon, mm-hmm. tequila. Uh, I was taught very sexy girls with really bad taste select dumb guys to love as the acronym for the order. So you got the full fucking like yeah i got girl i got your dry vermouth your sweet vermouth <laughs> your uh lime juice your grenadine your grenadine all of that the speed rail yeah uh you know you can google speed rail diagrams and you can basically outfit as much as you need yeah as a beginner i don't recommend that no. i definitely recommend knowing what you're going to be making and buying accordingly yeah because you don't fucking need hard liquors if it's a wine night yeah if it's a wine night kind of you know, and kind of pairing with ingredients. Look at what food pairs with it. Ooh, that's a great because, tip. Because, yes. um, like, if you're going to have, like, a cheese and cracker spread out with, like, meats, you're going to generally want to go for a lighter white wine. Mm-hmm. But let's say you're having pizza. You know, you can get a... Mm-hmm. Uh, got that red sauce. Oh, you got that tomato. Yeah, and so you've got to kind of start thinking, 
what is going to pair well. Because you don't want to be having pizza and then a rosé. Exactly. It might not pair well. Yeah. So as a beginner, if you are in the beginning stages and have an interest of building out a home bar, start buying for the occasion that you're preparing for. And then honestly, that is a great way to start amassing all these different things because... You might, you know, happen on a, you know, I want to make old fashions for my people. Mm, yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got leftover bourbon, you got leftover bitters, and then that covers the sections of intermediate to advanced of ingredients I'm going to go over. Yeah. So kind of, you know, looking to what the occasion is and building out from there is a great way to approach. Yeah. But for the sake of argument, for the sake of, you know, you've got a home bar, somebody comes over unexpectedly and you yeah. want to be able to provide for them. Ingredients-wise, I go for the big four. Try to have on hand a whiskey. Now, that can be Scotch, bourbon, Irish, Canadian, Japanese, whatever. I personally actually think, as a beginner, start with your favorites. Yeah. Start with what you like, because you're the one spending most time at home. Yeah. And then you can start tailoring it to other people you have more. Yeah, if you're finding, like, something tends to hit a little more. So, a whiskey, doesn't matter what kind, pick your favorite. A vodka, again, pick your favorite. Yeah. If you like Grey Goose, go for Grey Goose. If you like Tito's, go for yeah. Tito's. And actually, I I actually would recommend Tito's as the universal one because it is friendly to people that are gluten free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. Tito's is a great. Tito's is for a good vodka. ass whiskey. Yeah. Good ass vodka. Uh, a tequila and yes. a gin. I agree. Kind of covers, you know, your staples. Kind of goes for anyone. If somebody says like, oh, I don't do vodka, but I do like clear liquors. You can go that way. And I'm leaving rum off the list just for the sake of it's a big four, you know, get, yeah. get, get rum if you like it. But rum, you start dipping into, you know, if it's anything outside a rum and Coke, all of a sudden you have a three to five ingredient cocktail. With yeah. Rum. So because I feel like it's like I almost would replace uh, maybe tequila with uh, rum. Yeah, you know what? Actually, not bad because rum is a lot more user-friendly. Yeah, I feel like tequila is such a specific, okay, you are making margaritas. And I know when you're Mm -hmm. hosting, margaritas are fun to make. But also, like, you know, I feel like it's so easy to go, we have Kraken. I can just do Kraken and Coke. Exactly. So, yeah, I would say tequila, you can switch out for rum. Yeah, I'd say because especially if if you've got a tequila drinker that... You'll know they're a tequila drinker. Yeah. Rum does play a little bit nicely with the simplicity of yeah. one or two mixers. It's a very one and done. Yeah. Tequila is a very, like... Tequila doesn't have a one or two cocktail, one or two pairing thing. It, it, unless unless you're a tequila drinker, in which case you probably do Patron or Partido on the rocks with a yeah. lime. Uh, which, which, is, which is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's all you. Don't But I feel like it's, like, in a party sense, in a book club sense, you kind of want to have a simple... Uh, I can get menu. down. With, I can get down with that. Yeah. So maybe switch out the rum, uh, the tequila for rum. Yeah. So those are the boozes you want. As far as mixers and fresh ingredients, mixers, I I I go for you know as a beginner, I would say get the big sodas. So yes. get a Coke, get a Diet Coke, get a Sprite. Yes. This allows you to have your classic Coke mixer and yeah. a diet option for anyone that prefers diet, mm-hmm. and Sprite for a clear bubbly option that's a little lemony lime. I'm curious, what do you pair Sprite with? I mean, you can throw vodka in there. It's no problem. Interesting. You could throw, uh, I mean, Sprite, you could, I mean, Sprite and rum right there, if you've got a little bit of lime or mint oh. on hand, you can make a poor man's mojito. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Not exactly soda water, but, you know. It's there. And also, these sodas, having them on hand as a beginner, allows you to have some kind of non-alcoholic option that yeah. is both uh, diet 
or non-caffeinated. Yeah. So those are the big three I'd it's say. It's always nice to have, like, just in case there's someone, like, I'm not drinking right now. Exactly. So they don't feel like, here's some, like, tap water. It's like, exactly. you have a soda, you have something where they feel a little engaged. Mm-hmm. And then these last two mixers might seem a little bit more advanced or eclectic, but I promise you having them on hand is going to make you look like a rock star if it gets requested. Soda water and tonic water. Yes. Uh, they yes. are, they, they yes. are just the bedrock foundation of a lot of drinks. A lot of drinkers know gin and tonic. They know yeah. vodka sodas. Have those on hand and you will look so good. Yeah. <laughs> because you, like, again, this party I went to, it was a housewarming party. And I was like, you know what? Let me make some gin and tonics. Mm-hmm. No tonic water. Ugh. Gin and tonics is such a good staple, simple cocktail you can knock out. You soda like Coca Cola and all that, and then a bubbly water. Yes, is so important to have. Exactly, and again, like everybody knows those by calling them. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's so easy. Uh, and then finally, uh, for your mixers, I would recommend. I mean, you know, again, if you're on a budget, take one of the two. If you're kind of setting up your home bar. Try to have two of these two. Yeah. OJ and cranberry juice. Yes. Very easy non-soda mixers. And also different enough that you can start playing with so much more. Yeah. Vodka OJ is, I feel like, I feel like everybody's first oh, drink is a uh, yeah. screwdriver. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that's everybody in college. Or if you're that person, well, my first drink was a vodka soda. Vodka Coke at after my prom. Oh, hell yeah. Got drunk for the first time. It was a mess. Vodka Coke is like dangerously easy <laughs> yeah i had some mental issues to work through but that's not that's for the other that's podcast fine. yeah um but yeah i think a good orange juice you can kind of do um you kind of have a little bit more options cranberry juice vodka crayon mm-hmm. um gin and crayon you could do that yeah I, I i don't i don't typically get that but if people like something you know something with some more botanical something that's more complex that's a very easy two ingredient yeah. recipe to fuck with <laughs> i feel like you just have like a little bit more options with. exactly i feel like just the bare basics i feel like if you think it's basic it's probably gonna mm-hmm. work and i just fucking remembered my third thing yes what is your third garnishes yes at a beginner level it's it would be so nice if you got fresh fruit to be able to cut up and wedge to put on yeah. drinks but I don't want you to worry about that. I don't want you to worry about getting fresh fruit all the time. I want you to worry about, as a beginner, to have the universal stuff on hand. Yeah. So as far as garnishes go, get some lemon juice, get some lime juice. Yes. That's all you need. Yeah. If you want to spring for the le- for the actual fruits... By all means, go exactly. for it. Exactly. But for it. a little splash of lemon juice, a little dash of lime juice will go a long way. Exactly. And that, that allows you to, you know, make the vodka soda with a little lime in it. You, yeah. you might not have the lime wedge on it, but you still have that component that brings a little bit of brightness. It brings a little bit of balancing. Yeah. Again, you're going to look like a rock star if you have these fruit components with you. Yes. And that, for me, is the basic home bar setup. Yeah. Yeah. You can do a lot with that. You can be prepared with a lot with that. Yes. And with a little bit of, uh, you know, heads up, a little bit of anticipation, you can fill out that setup with whatever you're going to do. Because say, you know, you've got everything I said and you know somebody loves old fashions. Mm. Great. All you need to do is pick up some bitters and an orange and you're all set up. Yeah. Um, and sugar cubes. And sugar cubes, yes. Or simple syrup, as, as it were. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, that was the third thing for garnishes. Simple syrup. Yeah. Get some simple syrup. It's a 
very easy to make, very easy to find uh, uh, liquid component. It is equal parts sugar and water. Uh, it just sweetens up drinks. It brings some balancing. It's a great thing to have on hand. Exactly. I use it in my coffee sometimes. I do nice. I do coffee, milk, a little bit of simple syrup. I'm we good. had some simple syrup flavored uh, mm, mm-hmm. for our last episode. We had uh, whiskey and... Uh, cinnamon simple syrup. Did we, have, did we do the cinnamon or the rosemary? We did do the cinnamon. cinnamon that's right. Yeah. That's right. It was oh, that was good. Feels fantastic. That was real good. Uh, oh, so sorry. I'm going to the beginning of this. The beginning tool also that you need is a cocktail shaker. Mm. Now I I actually actually this might be a good thing to save to the end because there's a shit ton of cocktail shakers out there yeah. and ways to do it. You can do a mixing glass into a Boston shaker and shake that up. You could have a traditional Boston shaker, which are two tin cups, you know, that make a seal and stuff. Yes. What I'm going for here, though, at the beginner level is a, it it is known as a cocktail shaker. And what Mm -hmm. that is, it's a three-piece unit that basically is a tin cup, a cap with a strainer built into it. I love those. That's so good. And then a cap that goes over that. So essentially, it takes away the need for a Hawthorne strainer. It takes away the need from any type of, you know physical know-how of how to strain ice through a two-piece Boston set. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to make shaken drinks. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice little, like, I feel like once you break this out, it's a very cool, like, oh, somebody's you're getting a shake. Yeah. yeah. Everybody likes to shake drinks. It's fun to, it's loud. It's attention gathering. Yeah, it's a, it's a very hallmark of bartending exactly. where you kind of have this, like, Oh, someone's getting a shake and drink. Mm-hmm. What are they making? So that's kind of the setup I'd advise having at a very beginner level. If you don't have anything, no know-how of, you know, bartending or entertaining, get these and you're going to look so fucking cool in yes. your home. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything about the beginner level? Um, You know, very much what we covered. Bare, get your bare ba- Yeah, get your bare, bare basics. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about your menu a little bit ahead of, t- ahead of time. Yes. Like, think about what you kind of, what you personally like and kind of know who's coming, what they like. Exactly. But I feel like the four base alcohols cannot hurt. Exactly. Um, I'm going to take a break here for a second, just as a little editing point. Because mm-hmm. I think we need a refill on wine. Yes. I'm feeling a little toasty, feeling the wine right now, ready to get into our intermediate and advanced things. This should go pretty fast because everything going into intermediate and one. It's so funny because I'm having more wine tonight. (laughs) That's right. Dalen's having his party for his birthday tonight, Uh, which I'm very sad to be missing, but I'm very happy to be celebrating. Eric and I will do another celebration. Eric and I will. Once COVID settles down, I'll make Eric go to another bar with me. Exactly. Also, I should avoid that glass table. That's probably like, caca. So for the intermediate and advanced levels, you should have everything that we've discussed before. Yes. It should go without saying. And probably if you're at this intermediate or advanced level, you've probably been listening to this bit somewhat rolling your eyes of, <laughs> I've already got that, or, or fucking duh, yeah, you should have that. Or you might even have your own opinions of, you should have this, you should have that. And that's why I broke this down into three levels instead of yeah. two. Because in tools, ingredients, and garnishes at the intermediate level, this means you know the drinks. You're probably a drinker yourself. You yeah. probably know how you like your martinis. Yes. You know, you know how to ask and order at a bar. You're not yes. the you're not the timid friend saying, yeah. I don't know, buy me something that doesn't taste like it has booze in it. Yeah. Also, never get your martinis shaken. Agreed. Agreed. Unless never. you're unless you're James Bond and on the job. Which he is a bad 
God, he is a bad martini drinker. Because here's the thing. This is my... I am very passionate about martinis. If you shake a martini, you are getting little pieces of ice into the drink. And so when it's strained, you have a foggy cocktail, which essentially will then a little bit water down. Never, never shake a martini. It is always stirred. Unless you're James Bond. Do you know why? James Bond can suck a fuck. (laughs) Uh, Spoilers ahead for the last James Bond movie. If you haven't seen it and are waiting for it, you've been warned. So you're really happy he died in the last movie, huh? I have no idea about James Bond. I just know he's fucking that uh, Q guy. (laughs) (laughs) Also, weren't... Wasn't there a big hullabaloo about a black woman being cast as James Bond or something? Is she even in it? Yeah, so I, I'm very happy to speak about this because I am a James Bond fan. Nice. Uh, it's one of the few things my dad and I have kind of bonded over and, you know, watched. Um, there was a big thing about, you know, casting a woman or a woman of color as the next James Bond. And Daniel Craig has come out saying, not necessarily that he's not in support of that, but rather he he'd rather see an original character made yeah. with badass women, which I fully support. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's that's what that's about. Yeah. But James Bond takes his martini shaken because he's on a job. He needs to keep his head clear. He needs a little bit more water in there. Then don't needs... order a martini. <laughs> it is all gin. <laughs> Dumbass. Order a vodka soda. Order something. Get a LaCroix. <laughs> have some water and sit at the bar girl like the, i'm so sorry like the 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 shaken martini does break down ice and does water down the drink it's why james bond orders it it's the only tidbit that i have for that of like why does he get it shaken not stirred don't get a fucking drink then don't go to the bar <laughs> stay home it's like going to the bar having no money and hoping someone buys you a drink oh my regular friday night <laughs> and my regular saturday morning hey saturday morning wow hitting it early i got prop no because i go to the bar at 12 a.m oh, gotcha, <laughs> I, go gotcha. to, I go to the bar at midnight and i go it's my saturday morning, morning time for brunch <laughs> brunch bitch so as an intermediate person you probably have some chops you probably know how to make a drink you know yes. you probably have stuff on hand um but hopefully, I, I, I have some suggestions that will round you out even further as you get into the advanced portion of your, yes. your hosting and your entertaining for guests. And one of the first tools I would say that you need, in addition to the last ones we had, is a bar spoon. Yes. Uh, I think you said that you have that in your basic kit, right? Yes, it yeah. comes in your basic kit. You can get off of Amazon, you know, for fairly 50 bucks or something. Exactly. And the only reason I left it off the beginner list is... Maybe you don't have a bar spoon handy, but you have a regular kitchen spoon. Yeah. And that is fine. You can stir a drink with a regular spoon. Yeah. Speaking in... in I have a little bit more of a... There's some... Like, a cocktail spoon is so much smaller than a kitchen spoon, so so it allows a little bit of more aerodynamic. And, again, if you're a beginner, it's fine if you have it, but a a kitchen spoon looks a little... Looks tacky. It looks like you're a beginner. Yeah. So if you have... Like a flop... (laughs) if you will but as a beginner maybe you don't have access to it maybe the design of the spoon itself is a little weird you know uh, for anybody that doesn't know a bar spoon is a very long stemmed spoon that is typically in its design has a groove that is twisted yes it makes gripping a lot easier it makes you know twirling drinks and you know stirring drinks a lot easier 
but perhaps you didn't have access to it, so you used a a, a spoon, and and people yeah. know you're a beginner. So if you want to, you know, gussy up your bar <laughs> set, um, a lot of basic sets will have a bar spoon. So you at this point you might even be familiar with it. Yeah. But it also doubles as a measuring device. Yes. Sometimes in uh, you know recipes will call for a bar spoon of cherry juice. Yeah. This is typically a and I'm trying to remember my measurements. I'm mm-hmm. not a mathematician as yeah. far as bartending goes. I believe it's an eighth of a tablespoon. Okay. I believe. Yes. Um, and bar cocktail spoons also allow for a little bit of... Bartending is a lot about showmanship. Uh-huh. You know, you see people doing, like, the tricks with the shakers and all that. Um, but with a cocktail spoon, it allows to make... You want your drinks to be pretty. Mm-hmm. And so there are some cocktails that require you to pour over the spoon that allows a little bit more of a drizzle. Um, a tequila sunset or tequila sunrise, you pour the grenadine over the spoon, a mm-hmm. uh, white Russian, mm-hmm. things like that where a it allows... sour. Yeah, yeah it, it allows for a little bit of pageantry with exactly. your drinks. So again, this is if, if you're looking to get from the beginner level, level to the next level to look impressive... A bar spoon is going to make you look professional. It's going to make you look like you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. It is absolutely, you know, I've I've got three in my bar kit. Nice. Just because I, they're, they're all designed differently. You never know all, when you're going to have cereal. You, <laughs> you never know in a pinch when yeah. you're going to need it. <laughs> it makes eating uh, Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> but yeah, a bar spoon is a great thing to have. Makes you look so much more put together. Yes. It makes your home bar just look more like a basic bar setup than a home bar setup. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of all I have to say about that. Uh, the stem is a lot longer than your typical spoon to because your mixing glasses or your tins are a lot taller than yeah. like a short glass. So it makes mixing all the way down to the bottom easier. And I will say as a note, again, you probably already know this if you're at this level, but as a beginner, if you're looking for tips, if you're looking for, you know, little tidbits that we're trying to put on this show with a bar spoon it makes it so much easier to stir the drink because you don't stir the drink chaotically yeah it's a very measured stir you push the ice around in a circle and you let the ice dilute and mix the components you have in there and a bar spoon is specifically designed not to bruise the cocktail yeah so yeah Yeah. uh next tool hawthorne strainer Mm, yeah very classic strainer you've seen this if like i mean even at its most basic if you've gone to a bar and asked for a chilled shot you've probably seen a bartender dump the booze and some ice in a glass and stir it up and then slap a strainer over the top so he only gets the liquid and only the uh, only the liquid not the ice it has a spring at the bottom that allows you to push against the tin cup Mm -hmm. and this is intermediate i'm putting it intermediate it could be basic because a lot of basic cocktails call for it yes I'm putting it at intermediate because uh, the term closing the gate, exactly what Dalen was saying of like that spring being able to kind of lock over and catch all the stuff you're not trying to pour in is a bit of a knacky feel. You know, it's going to take you a while to really understand the hand placement of placing the strainer over and the index finger of closing that gate and straining all the stuff you don't want in there. Uh, But you want to get one because you also might be at this level, which we're going to go into. You might be muddling lime or lemon. Yeah. And you don't want the pulp in there. You want the you want the juice, the fresh juice, but you don't want that pulp. A Hawthorne strainer is going to do all that work for you. Yes, it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, you're going to want a muddler. Yes. 
Yes. I put this at the intermediate level because at the basic level for garnishes, I said lemon and lime juice. At the interme- uh, intermediate level, you're going to want fresh fruit. Yes. To really get those juices, to get the oils, you're going to want to muddle. You're going to want to, you know, in a mixing glass, really be able to smash the juices out of there. Especially if you're making like a mojito. Yes. Or anything like an old-fashioned even, I believe. Or you can do that with a cocktail spoon for Mm -hmm. the sugar. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you, for the, oh, you oh, have for a, the sugar cube. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're talking like traditional old-fashioned. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. A little bit of water and smashing the sugar cube. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about like muddling an orange in there, and I was like, huh. Oh, you don't muddle the orange? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Dude. So I'm intrigued. How I was taught... So I was taught in my bartending school by a very old-fashioned bar- bartender. This was the... You stir the martini 18 to 36 times. Oh, gotcha. Very, like, white uh, shirt, black tie. Very much old-fashioned 50s, 60s bartender. Right on. So I was taught that in old-fashioned, you muddle the orange orange slice and the sugar cube together. Right on. And then you kind of, like, do a little stir. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. That's a very old traditional way, but... That is also another facet of this part of the show is you can make the same drink 30 different ways. Exactly. <laughs> it comes down to personal preference. Eric prefers to put the stand at the opposite side of the room with a simple syrup bottle and just go, hope that got in. <laughs> I got to be facing south. <laughs> yeah, I got to be facing south. I once made an old fashioned for a friend and it was shit. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure, I'm sure they were sorry too. <laughs> It's too much whiskey. Uh, but a muddler. A muddler is going to be great. Uh, I recommend a plastic versus a wood one. Yeah. Because wood is going to absorb the oils, the aromas, and everything, and you're, it also just doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. Um, and also plastic is a light enough material where if you slip and hit the rim of a mixing glass, you're not going to break the glass. Yeah. Versus like a steel one, which I've seen kind of come into vogue, which I don't Ooh. like. Yeah, no. Something to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. But, a, but a plastic muddler. And that kind of rounds out your intermediate set because now you're working with fresh ingredients yes. that need to be strained out or smashed down. Um, ingredients. So this is kind of where I get into the, you need to have some, some specific things. You need the big four, you know, whiskey, vodka, uh, whiskey, vodka. I'm doing gin. gin I'm doing the counting thing on my fingers and fucking myself up. No, wait. Whiskey, vodka, gin, and tequila or rum. Tequila or rum. At this point, you need both. Yes. You need tequila and rum. You're intermediate. Yeah. You need to be... Yeah, expand your library a little bit. Yes, you need to provide for anybody that's going to come into your home. And yes. also, you're taking away some of the anticipation of what you're going to make. Yeah. You want to you want a better loadout to do whatever. Also, where do gla- specific glasses fall? Intermediate? Ooh. So... Glassware. We Damn, ask, that's... We, yeah. I ask this because it's such a... Uh, you don't think about it, but... Glassware makes the drink. Mm-hmm. So there are different types of types of glasses. There's a Collins glass, which is the more uh, cylindrical things that you do your sours in. There are, believe it or not, white and red wine glasses. Mm-hmm. So Eric and I are drinking out of, I would say, a white wine glass. Because I... Th- or maybe a red wine glass. The only way I would actually just des- because this feels like a universal wine glass. The only way I would describe it is a stemless. Yeah, we're Be- doing a stemless. Because I don't, 
I don't know, because typically, typically, red wine glasses have a wider base. Yes. Um, you know, the flavors of red wine are a little bit more... Complex. Yeah. I, I'm also I'm very much out of my league with wine in general. Mm. I, I do not claim to know much about wine. I just know... Eric t- has a wine expert name tag on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, w- I wore my wine expert t-shirt oh, right. to this recording. And white wine glasses tend to be a little bit narrower. Mm-hmm. narrower. But you have, like, a rocks glass, which is where yes. you'll make your old fashions, your mm-hmm. sidecars... Um, there are, oh my god, the dessert glasses, Mm -hmm. which are little saucer glasses. That's where you'll do your dessert drinks, your Brandy Alexanders, Mm -hmm. your creme de menthe. uh, Cocktail glasses that are typically chilled for martinis. Yeah. There's a lot of glassware. Um, that's actually a really good point. I probably should have divided that up. At a beginner level, again, you're anticipating what you're gonna need. You probably have wine glasses. You might just have solo cups. It's it's okay. Work with what you got. Yeah. At an intermediate level, I would say at least have a set of wine glasses. Yes. Doesn't matter if it's white or red. Yeah, because honestly, it's at the end of the day, you're pouring wine. Right. It's just a sort of like, oh, I like pour your wine however mm-hmm. you want to. It's just having the sort of knowledge of, oh, I can pour it into this glass mm-hmm. and it will maybe enhance the flavor a little bit more. Yes. Um, at an intermediate level, I'd say for cocktails... I I would say don't because it you can you can have like six different types of glassware in your bar. Yeah. If you're getting to that point, great. If you're at the intermediate level and you want certain designations for different types of drinks, I like to go universal. Go ahead and get buckets. Buckets are double rocks glasses, so it's not a single rocks glass. It's it's a little bit heavier duty. And those are very universal. You can do all kinds of stuff in them. Yeah. You can do an old-fashioned. You can, you know, do a, a highball. Um, you know, if you want to get a little fancier with it, get some Collins glasses. Yeah. Those taller glasses look so good if you're doing a Tom Collins, which it's named after. Or if you're doing a two-ingredient highball. Like, yeah. Like, you know, a rum and coke looks so much sexier in a, a, a taller oh, glass. Oh, yeah. And if you want to be really fancy, if you really genuinely want to be fancy... Champagne flutes for any... uh, That's a good... For occasions. Yeah. Yeah. For brunch, if you're doing like mimosas, Uh a French 74. Yeah. um, Like really any... Yeah, really any champagne-based drink. Uh, So those are optional. You know, again, that's kind of an anticipatory, like, what do you need for what occasion? Yeah. Um, But that's a a fucking great point. Glassware. That might have been... A preliminary, like, what I... Because, you know, for Moscow Mules, you got those copper mugs Oh, and stuff, yeah. Which kind of is, like, intermediate or advanced. It's set up what you make the most. Yeah. I think. I You know, Dalen and I, I think at our homes, we do a lot of wine. I've got a set of four wine glasses that look the same, and I've got a set of two that are really sexy for date night, you know? Yeah. Um, Usually when he has, like, a friends over, we get the, Amy and Eric get the sexy wine glasses, and Eric spits in all of our drinks and goes, here's your other wine glass. Here's your stemless plastic colored wine glass. Enjoy it. Do you want dirty orange or bad blue or (laughs) not red? Yeah, and Eric talks in that voice while he's pouring the drinks. The voice is very important if you're an entertaining guest. But, you know, for our podcast, I've used our stemless wine glasses for really everything. Everything. Yeah, and that's kind of all you need at the intermediate level is, is yeah. a universal, an intermediate level. Yeah. Wow, we've, we finished that wine and I'm feeling a little toasty. Same. 
A glassware that kind of does everything would be great. Yeah. A bucket, a stemless wine glass. Having some type of glassware, again, makes you look a lot more prepared than, you know, having the uh, McDonald's promotional cup from the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Or solo cups. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of a step up, you know, especially like, or if you just have like the standard glass, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of adds a little bit of more of a, ooh, I'm having a drink. Yes. Uh, but for boozes, you want all the big boozes. Yes. You want every booze that's a big booze. <laughs> yeah. I believe that's five. Say booze again. Booze. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you're also, as far as liquid ingredients, this is where you're going to start messing with some fun stuff. You're yeah. Gonna, you're going to get some grenadine in there. Ooh. Uh, roses, a, lime juice. Yeah. Some roses, lime juice. If you don't have, fr- well, and, uh, there are some cocktails that call specifically for roses. Yeah. Uh, roses. Sorry. Um, you're going to start getting into that and ingredients. And then I divided this up into garnishes. So I'll save that for garnishes. I was thinking like rimming and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you're going to want all of your big boozes. This is where you're going to start setting up your different types of booze as well. Yeah. I'm personally a bourbon boy, but I've also got a Canadian whiskey at the ready. That's yeah. a little bit sweeter than bourbon. If, if people are like interested in whiskey, but say like I hate Jack Daniels, I got Crown Royal ready to go. Look at you. Yeah. I like a uh, Maker's Mark. Oh, love Maker's Getting Mark. Getting into me. I think the last time we hung out, I think we were both toasty on Maker's Mark. I think so. It, it's funny, like it all blurs together a little bit of like, what do we drink? We drank good stuff, but I don't remember what that episode yeah. was. Oh no, this was when we went to the Woodman. Oh, yes, yes. We went to a fabulous bar in L.A. If you're a Los Angeles uh, resident, uh, the Woodman, little pricey as far as bars go, but worth the money. They've got a grand whiskey selection and a great (laughs) food. When they have it available. Yeah. When we went, I believe there were like three different types of bourbons, major bourbons that they They were were like, we don't have. I'm like, also, uh, well, cases are dropping in Los Angeles. So, I mean... Go at your caution, but... Right, we... Yeah, we should put... We're not, like... Go at your own caution. Should put in a little COVID asterisk that we're outside doing it as safe as we deemed safe and stuff. So go go at your pace. We're not pushing you out to yeah, the, no. the woodman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is where you're going to have different brands of booze. You know, yeah. for vodka, you might have Tito's, but you also might have Grey Goose or Belvedere. Yeah. Just for that, like, little bit of a... It looks good, and it looks... It's really nice when you have a guest come over unexpectedly and they have a call. They say like, oh, I like whiskey, but I only drink makers. Yeah. And holy shit, you've got it on hand. Yeah. So I would say, you know, this is, again, another personal pick for you. Pick two to three brands that, you know, either you like or that you deem popular. Yes. For me, I love, I'm I'm a Costco boy. (laughs) You know, I love how big they come. Also, they partner up with distributors to make really high quality stuff. So it might be labeled Kirkland, but you're really getting Patron. Yeah. Um, So I typically like to keep that for volume based. But aside from that, I like having names on hand. I mean, you've been over many times, you know, the, the gin game has been... Pretty okay, I think. I'm a Hendrix or Bombay Sapphire. Yes, and I typically love to keep Bombay on hand. Yes. Because it's an easy one to identify and to go, oh, I I, I know I like that. Yes. So, you know, this is a little bit more eclectic. This is a little bit more on you for homework. But get some more brands in there. Really badly. Yeah. So keep uh, talking. uh, You want me to take over or you want to take a break? You can keep talking. But I like you here for feedback. That's true. Um, sorry, real quick, y'all, to the who you all of you in the live chat, we're taking a quick break. 
Sorry, and we're back. Um, so I think we were discussing the merits of your... I think as you get a little bit more into hosting, and I think even beyond a book club, I think it never hurts to have a name brand, like a Jose exactly. Cuervo. Like, even if it's, like, a Jose Cuervo, a Tito's. Patron, yeah. Even if, like, this is for inter intermediate and expert. Here's the thing. If you want to spring for a Hendrix or a, I don't know what's a more expensive gin, not even Beef Eater. And Beef Eater's pretty affordable, but there's some, like, crafty small batch yeah. gins. Yeah. If you want to spring for a more expensive tequila or a expensive rum, mm -hmm. blah, 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 do you. You will, at the intermediate, beginner, and expert level, you will never go wrong with a good name yeah. and it's at the end of the day how does the cocktail taste absolutely and i think even you know at any level like beginner through expert you can have something super valuable you know you can have a uh like a, a 1942 on hand yeah that you don't give to everyone but maybe you have your best friend over or like you know you have a uh like a uh uh like with Eric, I hand squeeze the wine grapes mm. for today. <laughs> Maybe you have a Macallan on hand. Yes. That it's just for you and your, your close friend that came yeah. by. Yeah. At, at any point, like, don't take these as strict, rigid rules. They're yeah. more of a field to play in at your level. Exactly. So to speak. Um, but yeah, have a couple of call brands, you know? Right. Have a couple of recognizable, you know, vodkas. Like, have a Tito's, have a Belvedere, have a Grey Goose. Because I feel like the more. Nay, the more expensive the whiskey, the more you're gonna fit, or any liquor, the more you're gonna face a little bit of a. Like, if I went into over to your house mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I can pour you some Belvedere, it's like, a, okay, do you have Tito's? Like, something where you're like, you, you, the guest knows they're gonna get something very nice. Yeah. So it's always nice to have that as a bit of a flex, but also to know, no, you're getting taken care of. Exactly. Options are good to have at this level. Have have a couple of bottles of whatever you yes. you have. Um, ingredients going into more specialty stuff. Now, a lot of what we're covering is uh, very much in anticipation. You know, yeah. knowing what you're going to pour, knowing what you're going to have. At the intermediate level, you want some basic standard stuff on hand. You might not be using it. Yes. This is a warning. Like, get what makes sense to you. But at this yeah. point, I would say get a get some vermouth. Get a sweet vermouth. Yeah. Get a dry vermouth. Start getting into the classic crafty cocktails. Yeah. It's it's good to know the bare basics mm -hmm. of a cocktail. Like, it's good to know a martini, um, a, a Rob Roy. Yeah. A Rob Roy, yes. You never know who's going to be coming. And especially if it's like... If you're hosting a dinner night, if you're kind of like, no, I'm feeling a little fancy, let's do this. Even, so, even if you don't know how to make it, having the ingredients on hand for a guest to make their own is a great thing to have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. Good night. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it is nice to, I think, when we talk about intermediate and advanced levels of bartending and hosting, I think it sounds, we're making it sound a little more intimidating than it is. I think it's essentially, um, and to put it crassly, how much effort do you want to put in? Yeah. You know, if you are, if Eric and I are doing this, more than likely, we might have a couple step cocktails, like a mojito, a old fashioned, but we're generally, generally going to do something that's like a, 
let's just make it quick. Right. You know? But I think, you know, if it's a more special occasion, not to name drop, but our one-year uh, one anniversary is in February, then we might do something a little bit more... Oh, we're going to get crafty with it. Oh, we're going to get drunk. <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be, like, aside from all of this, that might be a fun, like, live event invite of, like, hey, we've been doing this for a year. Let's all get together and maybe do, like, a live stream or yeah. something. Yeah. But um, that's for but, next month. Yeah. So it it is a thing of just, and again, to put it blunt, how much effort do you want to put in? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're hosting a party with a Halloween party, a Christmas party, you know, you kind of think of the occasion, schnapps, anything like that, but don't break your bank because you think you need to get, like, Lagavulin. Right. Like, spring for a makers just to say we have makers, mm-hmm. you know? Don't spring for the like the small craft gin, a Bombay or a Hendrix if you want to spring for it is just fine, you know. But it always is nice to have a name, a call brand to kind of go like, uh, we have some Jose Cuervo, something people will recognize yeah. and they feel a little bit of comfort in. A good rule of thumb at this intermediate level is uh, you want your well to be better than well. Yes. So your lowest brand, you want to be recognizable. I've had, you know, people who have had ancient age whiskey in their home bar. Which like is, old, old, old? Uh, that's just the name of the Oh, I whiskey. thought you were going to say, like, they've I, had, like, thousand-year-old <laughs> whiskey. I'm like, fuck. No, I, no, this is because they got the cheapest thing they could. It's a very universal well whiskey mm. in bars. It's called yes. ancient age. It does not taste like any sweet bourbon I've ever had. It's the closest uh-huh. to rubbing alcohol I've had. But, but you want to get away from that. You know, your your well, your worst quality of bourbon, you want it to be a Jack Daniels. Yeah. You want it to be something recognizable. You want your well to be better than well. That's all. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you're going to get into some more specific stuff. You're going to have your vermouths. You're going to have your grenadine. Yes. You're going to just have more stuff like that. And getting into the intermediate level means that you're starting to do a bit of exploration and discovery of your bar, you know? Yeah. What is some stuff you haven't made before? What's some stuff you've had at a bar, but you've never made at home? Yeah. It's a great way to, again, start amassing those ingredients that just kind of stick around for a while. Yeah. What flavors have you not experimented with? Exactly. Because I feel like, again, with Amy and Eric, they have a tiki sort of aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So there is a sort of maybe creamy, more rich flavor versus something that you would get at something more standard, like a more dry taste, if exactly. that makes sense. Um, so away from the boozes, away from like the specific liquid ingredients, you're going to want to get into your mixers. Yes. For the beginning level, I said Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite. You're going to be covered for non-alcoholic and diet options. You're going to have easy mixers with whatever you have. At this point, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna build it out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're gonna wanna have soda water. Absolutely. You're gonna wanna have tonic, but now you're gonna wanna have diet tonic on hand. Mm. Some people like you know cutting those sugars and calories as yeah. much as they can. Get that. You're gonna want a wider spread of sodas. You know, man. I, I mean, root beer mm-hmm. is something that is just not a common mixer in bars. Yeah. But doing it with a rum. Ooh, I don't think I've ever had rum and root beer. Oh, rum and root beer is ridiculously, especially with a dark spiced rum where like the spices play with each other. It's it's brilliant. And and this is again like a bit of a 
do your homework, do what interests you. I don't have necessarily a loadout of like, you need X, Y, and Z. Just start playing with more mixers. Have some yeah. more stuff on hand. Um, you know, you might have Sprite and you might have Sprite Zero now. Yeah. Some zero calorie options. You might have Diet Coke, you might have Diet Coke Zero. Oh, but never get Pepsi. Never Pepsi. Never Pepsi. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Love yourself a little. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's basically it for mixers. And then with juices, this is where you can start getting a little fun. Pineapple juice is a great yeah. one to have now. You know, aside from OJ and grapefruit. Grapefruit is a good one. And grapefruit's actually even like maybe a beginner one, I'd say, because like greyhounds are a thing. But inter again, like they're they're just outside. Grapefruit juice feels more like a more intermediate. Exactly. I feel like you're not going to get called that as common. Yeah. I feel like grapefruit is a more... Gra grapefruit and pineapple feel very much a know-your-crowd, mm -hmm. tiki sort of thing. I feel like the bare minimum you need to get are orange juice and cranberry juice. Yeah. Uh, and then going back to carbonated mixers... Also, uh, half and half. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Half and half is a great one. Uh, and I'm going to touch on that because intermediate is exactly where that falls into. Of yes. Like, we're getting into the eclectic specifics and like what do i need what do i want but going back to carbonated drinks this is where you are going to want ginger ale and ginger beer yes yes yes, yes. uh you know again you can get those at the beginner levels if you know you're making mules or people like ginger ale but this is at this point what you want to have on hand right a whiskey ginger ale a whiskey ginger beer i mean a moscow mule is so common yeah these are kind of the eclectic you know not every home is going to have these you expect them at every bar but again, if somebody comes in and wants a, uh, a just easy Moscow whiskey, Mule, yeah, Moscow Mule, you're gonna have everything you need to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, and this is where we get into the liquid ingredients that aren't carbonated. They're not boozy. They're not third components like grenadine. This is where you're going to have your half and half. This is yeah. where you're going to have, uh, you know, Bailey's, I, Bailey's Kahlua, which I guess are a little bit boozy. But this is exactly where you're going to want to build out the more specific ingredients that call for specific cocktails. Yes. Not every cocktail is going to call for Kahlua. Yeah. But if somebody wants a white Russian, if somebody just saw the Big Lebowski and says, I want a Caucasian, you, you have the ingredients on hand to make that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Um, yeah, and really, this is more expert level where you start getting into your creme de cacao, mm -hmm. uh, creme de menthe, like where you start getting your more, okay, you're going to be making like a Brandy Alexander or right. things like that. You're super specific, super yeah. like, at that point, guests coming in and asking for that are just testing you. <laughs> yeah. But it will happen. Yeah. It will happen when people see a bar set up. Um, that's pretty much for ingredients. And now getting into garnishes, this is the big transition for me from beginner to intermediate. Right. This is when you're going away from bottled lime and lemon juice to fresh limes and lemons. Yes. Very much you're going to get these week of or, you know, every week you're going to be resupplying your own, you know, stock or whatever. So go at your own pace, however many parties you throw, however much you entertain. I typically like to do a fresh fruit run, you know, two days before a party. Yes. Just about. It maintains it, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but you're also branching out from just lemons and limes. This is when you're going to have mint. You're going to have olives. You're going to have, you know... Cherries. Cherry, yeah. Onion. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit more of an 
a variety yes of of stuff so you can do more with yeah them. um it's mostly all I have for garnishes at an intermediate level is go fresh and go a little bit more varied. Yes. Um, at this point, like, I didn't insert it because there's a lot more advanced tools I think you should have, but you could have a garnish tray at this point. Yeah. They are typically a six to four compartment tray of separate compartments where you can put your fresh cut stuff with a cover over it so it stays fresh for mm-hmm. however long you're entertaining. Yeah. Um, finally, glassware, if, if we're going into that inter- at an intermediate level... This is about the time where you don't have your whatever's in the cupboard. You don't yeah. have solo cups. You don't have that dirty orange cup. <laughs> <laughs> we know the one. You know the one. I know the one. This is when you have glassware for specific reasons. You yes. have cocktail glasses that are in the freezer that are being chilled for your drinks that don't require ice but require the chilled glass. Yes. You start to have pint glasses for beer. So mm-hmm. that way if people don't want to just drink out of a bottle, you have a nice, you know, stemmed beer glass. Yeah. You have a pint glass glass stuff like that um this is again not an xyz you need to have these right this is more of a what do you tend to serve and what are your needs and at this intermediate level you're going to start understanding that more yes um do you have anything about glassware at this level um very much play to your audience Mm -hmm. don't stress yourself out honestly a universal wine glass yes kind of does the job for every single one I would say at this level, have enough. Yes. Have enough to entertain six to ten people, I think is a yeah. fair call. Yeah, six to ten is a It's, it's a lot. It, it's it, a lot, it, but it, it's cer- it, it's better to have more than not enough. Exactly. You, you will have enough if, if you know, you and your uh, sorority group have a meetup and you and your nine sisters all want oh wine, God. you have enough wine glasses and your life looks very put together. Yes, <laughs> yes. Eric knows from experience him and his sorority group. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that brings us to the expert level. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Tools. Get your name brands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what, I would tool, say... Tool-wise, name brand? Oh, no, I went, like, with oh, your okay. liquors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yes. No more brunettes. Yes. Uh, tools. Actually, I don't know tools on an expert level. Cool. So uh, this is a fun one. Uh, you know, at this level, again, you probably know a lot of this if you if you feel you're at an expert level. So I might only cover one or two blind spots. At this level, you have your home bar structure. Yes. You have a bar cart. You have a workspace. You know, it's not the beginner expert level. You just cleared some counter space where you normally cut onions for dinner or something. Yeah. You have a dedicated space to work in. That means you have a place where all your tools live and you are ready for any occasion. Being ready for any occasion means you are ready for prep and cleanup. Yes. That's why the number one tool I say at an expert level is bar mats. Ooh, yeah. Bar mats, holy shit. If you don't have them and you spend so much time cleaning up at the end, this is going to save you so much time. It is... A separated rubber mat that you can place basically anywhere. They come in all shapes and sizes, typically rectangular, where they it's a rubber mat. Uh, and I don't know how to describe the style of mat. They have like little spikes. Little spikes, yeah, that, that really allow you to set glasses on that don't create a seal so they drain pop properly. Yes. Every, it catches all the drainage and liquid. So at the end, you can pick up the mat, uh, mat dump it in the sink, and wash it however you do. Like either, I, I personally hand wash all mine, but that's because I'm I'm very anal. Yeah. 
But these are dedicated workspace mats. There was a joke there. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really just like threw that one up there for you too. These are dedicated workspace mats that make cleanup so much easier and yeah. also give your bar a very industrial restaurant feel of, yeah. you know, we've seen bar mats on the service station. We've seen bar mats, you know, in the rails and stuff. This makes it look like you are ready to serve 20 to 40 people in your yeah. home. <laughs> it adds a little oomph to your setup. Exactly. In addition, this is where I'm saying get away from the cocktail shaker. Get yourself a Boston shaker set. They typically come in a small and a larger tin set that you can kind of shake together. You can dedicate one to making chilled shots. Yeah. Uh, you know, at this point, you're going to have mixing glasses. I, I kind of say stay away from those. Maybe at an intermediate level, if you're making like old fashions and you're stirring and then straining yeah. into a new glass, maybe. But at this point, you're going to want one to two mixing glasses dedicated for different drinks and stuff. At this point, you're going to want a squeezer. So if you mm. are getting, you know... If something calls for half a lime or half a lemon, this is a tool that when you have the lemon, you've got the half lemon, you put it in and it squeezes all the juice from that nice. lemon. Nice. Yeah, it's a very specific kind of thing. At this point, you know, and I, I left this one off, but at this point you are going to want a very good paring knife. Yes. You're going to want a channeling knife for twists. A cutting board. A cutting board, yes, exactly. You're just filling out the more... Uh, individual components of your bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At this point, you're going to want to speed pour on everything that's in your bar. Yeah. Because at this point, you know how to pour these drinks. You know what your counts are. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it for my expert level things. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, going into ingredients, I think you said it. You're going to want... At this point, you don't want any names that people don't recognize, unless you're a Costco boy like me, and you like the volume. You know, yeah. I, I like hosting large parties where people are just tearing through alcohol, so I yeah. like them big, big bottles. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to want your nicer stuff on display, even. Like, yeah. on your bar cart, in your workspace. Show off the stuff that you're proud of and that you personally like to Show drink. Show off that Belvedere. I, I personally love Belvedere. I love the Frosty Glass. I think it's a better Grey Goose. Uh, I don't have any currently, but when I get my bar cart, that's exactly what's going on it. Uh, it's going to have my favorite whiskey. And at this point, this is when you want separate types of whiskeys. You know, you want a, a very nice scotch. You yes. want an Irish whiskey. You want a bourbon. Uh, if it's not your style, don't get me wrong. You don't need it. But people like Crown and Coke. Make sure yeah. you have that on hand. Have a Japanese whiskey. Just so that way, if people say like, oh, Suntory, I know that name. Yeah. You have that to impress your guests now. You always kind of want to, ooh. Yeah, you, 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 have, you now have liquors that go, that start the conversation of, have you had this? Yeah. Try some. Mm. You're going yeah. to want your, uh, hell, even like your, your rums. At this point, you should have a white, a dark, and a mixed rum. Yes. Because at this point you're going to be making some very complex drinks, which uh, brings us to the tool I actually forgot about, a blender. Oh, On yeah. On an expert level, you should have a blender for blended margaritas. Yes. Uh, blended mudslides and, uh, you know, blended... Uh, uh, zombies. Uh, zombies, yes. Uh, zombies also and get, daiquiris. Uh, uh, yeah, get the... Uh, what are those glasses called? Um, fuck. Like, that you serve the daiquiris and, and, like, the pina coladas and all that. I forget what the name of the glass is called. Are those, uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen them served in everything. Do you mean, like, the, 
the uh, ones the that go like this. Oh yeah, yeah, like large coupe glasses. Yes. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. I know, I know what you're talking about. Like, like super, super tall and big, like tiki mugs almost. Yeah. yeah. I forget the name as well. Uh, but yeah, you're getting into your more, uh, you know what you're talking about drinks. Exactly. Like, this is someone who you're going over for a hurricane or a, a zombie or mm-hmm. pina colada. This is somewhere you know what they're talking about. Yeah, you don't just have grenadine. You have cream of coconut. You've got... Like your creme d'almond, creme yes. de banana, yes. creme de chocolat, creme de menthe. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, essentially, you could be charging people to come in and get a drink yes. <laughs> at yeah. this point. Um, yeah, we went tools, we went ingredients, uh, glassware. You should be ready for all occasions. Yeah. I, I'm not at this level yet, but you should have on the ready beer, wine, uh, chilled cocktail... And anything involving rocks and anything specialty. Yes. Collins. You should have the uh, Coupe de Marie's. Uh, just these random pieces that you are ready for anything. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I'm probably missing some components that might go in a restaurant, but this is for your home bar. Yeah. And at this level, I'm not going to tell you too much of what you should have because you're probably already there. You probably got some ideas already. Uh, and at this point, I tip my hat to you, and I want to visit your bar. <laughs> exactly. And at the ex- yeah, it, it felt like the the beginner should have a, a wider base and kind of like a pyramid at the expert of like you know what you're doing, you you got this. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I got for home. Oh, expert, expert level. You should have uh, you know, along with your bar cart, bar space, or something. You should have some type of aesthetic to tie it together. Yeah. At the intermediate level, maybe you just have a cart and a counter. At this point, you should have something that says, oh, I know what you're going for. You have a hard, dark wood stained look. Yeah. You know, that looks like a cabin. You've got a tiki aesthetic. You've, yeah. You've got a, you know, very uh, metropolitan, sleek, all chrome set. Yes. Everything at the expert be, level, you should kind of know who you are as a bartender yeah, and an entertainer. It, it should know? be it should be cohesive and it should be an identity. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And I think with that, I think we're all good because like with booze and mixers, it's kind of like get everything you can. Have different flavored soda waters. Have yeah. different juice. Have like a strawberry guava juice, mm, you know? Yeah. And also just go high quality. You know, you shouldn't be using roses at this point. You should have it on hand, but you should be fresh squeezing all of your fruits at this yeah. point. Uh, also, like, uh, tool-wise, I, I kind of figured, like, if you'd have one, you'd have one. It's a little bit more specific, but, like, a rimmer. Yes. A, uh, a, a, That's a, what I called my last boyfriend. A, I'm kidding, I've never had a boyfriend. Rimmer? I hardly even know her. Oh, wah, wah. You should have a, uh, a rimmer, and you should have more than just salt. You should have a sugar rim. You should have tahine. Yes. Uh, you, you know, you should be having all that. You should have a caddy with cocktail napkins and straw stirs if you're into that. Yeah. Or at least something reusable in your home. Uh, I think that's all I got, though. I mean, I hope this I, was kind of comprehensive. Yeah. It was fun for me. Yes. No, I really enjoyed this. This is part of our new segment called Behind the Bar. We're going to kind of release this in addition to the podcast. I, like I think that. we're going to dive into, I think this is a good intro episode. I yeah. think we'll get into sort of like the history of the cocktails that we're serving with each episode. I think that's really fun. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. I don't know if we have a sign-off for Behind the Bar quite yet. Uh, uh, stay safe. Don't overpour. Don't drink and drive. Have a good one.